0: When that family was hesitant, they were being told by the very messengers, glorious, who are going to damage that city, who are going to destroy it. The angels of judgment themselves, the ones that wield the power, the messengers who have come with the wrath of God, were saying, please, we are going to destroy this thing. Turn away from sin, run out of here. And we saw the hesitation. In Swahili, they call it kusita sita. And today you see it in the present day church also, leave alone the generation. The generation also, because the prophecies I've given have touched on all and sundry. They have touched the born again and the non-born again. When I gave the prophecy of Haiti earthquake, struck everybody. The Nepal earthquake struck everybody. Chile earthquake, it did not say no, we are only dealing with the church. Not at all. Mexico earthquake. The neutron stars, everything shook the whole world. And so therefore, What we are seeing here is very pivotal, very critical. Because the generation has not rushed to repent. That is the symbolism, the characteristic of the hesitancy. To be hesitant, they had hesitation. They hesitated. And the present day Christian also has hesitated. And we know hesitation is one way of defining backsliding. It's another word for backsliding. Hesitation. Look at this now. Now, he's saying that the Egyptian pharaoh, the king of Egypt, is an atheist. In fact, he's a pagan. Put it well. If you want to really catalog him well, he's a pagan king that is worshipping created things, material, physical things, mountains, what pyramids, and what have you. Now, that pagan king, when the prophecy of the Lord came to him, when Joseph came to him and told him that the Lord says, there is going to be seven years of bumper harvest and seven years of total drought, the same vision the Lord showed me. It's amazing that somebody is walking in this age that is repeating Bible. Do you remember when he showed me the seven cattle, the fat ones eating by the river, by, by, the, by the river. In fact, I understand better because the reeds, the reeds are, their roots are in the water and they are going under the water above, a little bit above, but inside the water. And then in front, they now rise up with their leaves. So the cattle are stepping on those, the part of the stems are under the water and they are fat and sleek. But when the Egyptian king, when he got the prophecy of God that bumper harvest is coming, famine is coming, then the king that is pagan, he believed the prophecy of God. And the evidence that he believed the prophecy of God is that his conduct, his behavior changed. Otherwise, if your behavior does not change, it, it, is, it is a characteristic of hesitation. You have hesitated to obey. You have not obeyed. Hesitant to obey. So, a pagan king did not hesitate when the prophecy came that that place is going to be destroyed by what? Famine. Seven years of bumper harvest, seven years of total drought. And the evidence that he did not hesitate is that he he appointed Joseph. The appointment of the office of Joseph as prime minister was in fact the solid evidence that the king of Egypt, a pagan king, obeyed and believed the prophecy of Yahweh. And when he believed, he appointed Joseph another feature that really proves that he believed, the pagan king is believing the prophecy of God. He built big silos, big storage, big storage all across the country. And he gave an ordinance, a law, that everybody must grow a lot of crop in all their field. And they must be able to store. To store up 5%. Eugene tells that young man that here we don't type the message on computers For me, I believe in people who write, not fooling around with typing. They write in their books and take home. These computers are the Lord's. And so, very serious. The evidence that the pagan king believed is the change of conduct. Now, when you look at the present day church, the cloud has come. The announcement that the tribulation is coming has been made globally. And right now, my daughter who has come, this very senior leader from Taiwan, a congress lady and so forth, a very senior in that country, she has said, when I go there, they want to host me on her TV program, which she hosts, which reaches a hundred million people at one go. Now you can imagine that the world has already heard, even from this broadcast we have here, that the Messiah is coming. That destruction is coming. Because even my prophecy has been fulfilled on their screens in Israel. So the whole world has heard. But there is hesitancy to obey. Not everybody has repented. Why is there no revival flames? Why is it that now the whole world, all nations are not in revival, repenting? Why? Because they have hesitated. They have done exactly what Lord's wife did. And the third part of that is even the church has hesitated. The cloud of God has come. You can see all over the wall here, those pictures. The cloud of God—that is Yahweh Himself, the God they worship—but they have not run. They have not run and say, "No, I know this God. This is Jehovah Yahweh." What is He saying? I want to submit. They have hesitated. They are still feeding other people's businesses, churches called businesses. Those pastors are saying, putting bad words so they can continue eating from them. So there is hesitation and hesitancy. That has come out very clean and clear. Are we together? That the generation has hesitated to obey and to execute. So we have seen now the import of, remember, Lord's wife. Lord's wife, the looking back. We have seen the importation of that into this age by reading Hebrews 6, to 6 Hebrews 10, 26, 31, and 2 Peter chapter 2, 19, 22, right? Now, I want to advance the conversation and enter the body of this conversation. I'm picking particular scriptures here as we move on. Zephaniah chapter 1 10 and 12 if you can read with me the book of Zephaniah chapter 1 that we may now understand what is the message to the church Zephaniah chapter 1 blessed people I'm reading verses 10 and 12 where it says on that day declares the Lord a cry will go up from the fish gate wailing from the new quarter and a loud, again are we together? Reading together, right? And a loud crash from the hills. Wail, well, you who live in the market district, all your merchants will be wiped out and all who trade silver be destroyed. And then it says, at that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are complacent, who are like wine left on his dregs, who think the Lord will do nothing, either good or bad. Hallelujah! So what is the Lord saying here in this tremendous scripture where he's raising a flag, a red flag, a warning, remember Lord's wife. He's saying, That this generation also is like Lot's wife. They have looked back. Why? Because they don't believe. They have disobeyed the command of God. Why? Because they don't believe that a day will arrive when God will judge the world. Everybody now focus on me. If you look at this entire scripture of Luke chapter 17, 32. Remember, Lord's wife. A short scripture, three words. Remember, Lord's wife. What do you see there? You see that, look, that Lord's wife was delivered out, was delivered by the angels out. And you see another thing, that when she reached out and it was time to go, Lot was leading them, right? And Lot expected that every member of his family had heard and listened and obeyed the instruction of the Lord that flee and don't look back. So there was no time for Lord to even check if his daughter, any daughter or member of his family or wife, has looked back. They simply went forward. You cannot. You expect that everybody has personal responsibility. In other words... The salvation of the grace of God. Once you receive it, only the Lord can save you based on your personal voluntary obedience. You cannot say I will depend on the voluntary obedience of his wife or his husband or whatever. So look at this now. As they were walking, they are walking, they are going. The husband, Lot, did not have time to check whether she was following Because if he checked, it would have constituted what? Looking back. And he don't want to do that. He he don't want to do it. He He don't want to do it. He does not want to try that thing. He cannot even check whether his last born daughter, his sweetheart, the last born daughter, has come along. There is no privilege. There is no opportunity because the command has been given. And everybody has heard it so well, it's an exacting law, that you can eat all the fruit from all the trees in this garden. But you cannot touch this particular tree and its fruits. That on the day thou touchest that fruit, thou will certainly die. Everybody had it so clear. That God has his exacting law that is non-negotiable. And we know too well That God is not in the business of joking. He's very serious on redemption. So look at this now, everybody. So, Lot is walking. His family is following by. He must be leading them. And as Lot is going, the wife looks back and instantly struck. The judgment of God comes at the moment you least expect. So her looking back Describes the following. Number one, disobedience. Number two, dishonoring God. Number three, not believing God. Number four, apostasy. And so, there's so much I'm going to share on this. They're looking back. But most importantly, what I want to handle is this. As of priority. The Lord is simply saying, look, when you look at the book of Luke chapter 17, that the Lord is using To launch Lord's wife. Her name is not given in the Bible. After everything has happened in the book of Genesis, the Bible never talks of her again until Jesus now comes to talk about her in the New Testament. So look at this. If you look at that scripture domain that she's mentioned in, it says the coming kingdom of God. That is the subtitle there. But when you go down, you hear him describing a day. That there is a day coming. The day of the judgment of God is coming. That is what that scripture is all about. That there is a day of judgment coming to the earth. And the Lord is saying, those that shall not obey the instruction of God, they will be swept by the inescapable judgment of God. And God Almighty is highlighting that there is a day coming when God will judge the world. Because Lord's wife, by looking back, she was judged. And that's why I began by reading Zephaniah, whereby Now you can tell in her mind, she did not believe that God was going to judge. Otherwise, she would not have looked back. Are we now together? And she sounds more like a church, I know, in this age, that is also complacent and behaving as though she is not believing every time I announce that the judgment of God is coming. The coronavirus was simply a little window to give you a glimpse into the wrath that is coming. There are bearable judgment coming. But they are behaving as though they don't believe the judgment of God is coming. Hallelujah. This is serious. Very serious. The judgment of God is coming. Just a moment. Judgment of God coming. And that those that don't comply, don't obey the instruction, the command of God. Those that express free will, say, I have my personal will. God has sent his servants to warn us that the Messiah is coming. We need to repent. He has seen the Messiah coming and he knows the type of church to be taken. He has called the cloud of God to give evidence or proof that indeed God has sent him with that message, and he has opened heaven, he has raised our cripples, opened blind eyes, opened deaf ears, loosened new tongues, cleansed leprosy, resurrected dead body, done things. As proof, as proof, they all point at one thing as proof, that yes indeed it is true, there is a day coming, when God will judge sin. But you can see very clearly, that Lord's wife did not believe that God judges sin. Or that God, because He didn't judge for a long time. And so most likely she didn't even think He will judge. And that's why I read Zephaniah about the complacency that was happening in Jerusalem. When they said God may never do good or bad, He may never do anything. He has not done it. In a long time. He had not done it in a long time. So He may, He, he will not do it. So, this generation too, if you go into the streets and ask them, Do you just do a random interview. Do you believe that God judges sin? They might even tell you, no. For me, I don't believe He judges sin. I pay my taxes. I am not a criminal. Why would God just turn around and punish me for no apparent reason? I give money to, to the Red Cross. They will give you all manner of reasons why they think God cannot judge them. So, they don't even believe that God judges sin. But the Lord is saying that a day will come when he says remember Lord's wife. He's essentially saying a day will come when those that fail to enter heaven, fail to those that will not have obeyed and submitted and taken holiness as a lifestyle when they will finally be judged and it will be swift and sudden and it will be unreversible unreversible. In other words, everybody focusing on me still, as we begin this, is saying, the Lord is using, remember Lord's wife, somebody that did not enter, is using that scripture, that example of Lord's wife, to raise forth the dangers of obstacles in your life that can cause you not to enter heaven the things in your life that can cause you to look back, to start looking back at the world, your sinful life that you had before. This is serious warning from the Lord that there is a danger of certain things in your life choking, choking, to strangle, choke your eternity. For Lord's wife, it was the life in Sodom Maybe it was even the sons-in-law of the the, the husbands to be of her daughters together with her big house that she said, wow, how come I'm losing all this? And caused her to look back. And the Lord is saying that even you need to examine yourselves and check out what is it in your life as a Christian that you think is choking, is strangling, You are eternity in the kingdom of God. That is pulling you back to cause you to look at the world, the sinful world, where you were before. And so that is the journey I want to walk through. I'm sure right away, look at this now, I'm sure right away, if you are like me, the things that are flagging and flashing in your mind at this time should be When the Lord has prepared a banquet, sent people to invite those prepared, invited for the banquet, and they say, "No, I bought an oxen. No, I've married a young wife. No, I've married a field. What is it in your life that is causing you not to enter glory, pulling you back to focus on the world?" We all know Matthew twenty-two. So, those are some of the things that should, if you are really a Christian. And the bishops that you are here. Those are the things that must be flashing on your head right now. So wow, now I understand well what the Lord is saying. He is even telling us about Matthew 22. When he prepared a banquet, he wanted people to enter heaven. But there are certain things that stopped them from entering heaven. He has just married a new wife, a young wife. He has just bought some oxen. He has just done what? Bought a new field. There are things that will cause you not to move into the kingdom of God, but stop and look back. They will pull you back to the world. And the devil uses them to the marks. Hallelujah. Are we now beginning to talk seriously? The Lord is saying, examine thyself. Examine yourself and ask yourself, what is it in my life that is pulling me back? That is causing me to look back? Because in Matthew 22, even before we read, the banquet is prepared inside the kingdom of heaven. God the Father sends them go and tell those for whom it has been prepared. They are the bona fide people. For whom is prepared. God tell them the fattened cattle have been slaughtered. The drinks are sweet. The tables have been reserved with names. Everything is ready. Tell them to come. But they said, nope. I've just married a young wife. I cannot come. You, now you can see some of the things that can block you. I have, because the Bible says, some will be marrying and giving in to marriage. Another say, I have just bought a new field. I must go and see it. I've just bought some young, some new oxen rather, strong oxen. I want to go and try them out. Right away, you can understand what God Almighty is saying when he says, Remember, Lord's wife, the things that stopped her from entering heaven. She was right at the door, at the gate. She had been removed from the lake of fire. And she went right back into the lake of fire. And that is what the Lord is saying. That if you look at the present day church, yes indeed it is true, God is justified. The Lord is justified to be able to caution the present day church because there are so many things in her life now that point her right back to the kingdoms of the world while the kingdom of God has been prepared here. Hallelujah! Even as an individual, as a person, as a believer alone, in that room alone, when now you don't have a crowd, you don't have your wife, you don't have your children, you are just alone now. You should be able to interrogate yourself. Because the matters of eternity are eternal. You don't want to make an error with it. You should ask yourself, what is it that you are doing in you that you think can choke your eternity into the kingdom of glory hallelujah that's where i want us to begin from blessed people in a very mighty way and it says here revelation chapter three i'm just walking with you jogging with you we are now try, starting to jog you know little jogging now right you know you walk and then you reach a point you start jogging right little jogging just jogging jogging enjoying the heartbeats, the cardio, the cardiovascular, just enjoying the circulation in the brain and all that, the muscles, stretching limbs. We are now jogging. Revelation chapter 3. What are the things that the Lord is highlighting? What is the message he's highlighting when he says, remember Mrs. says Lord. Even in this ministry of repentance, there are people that have seen the cloud. You have seen the glory of God. You have seen the creepers walking. You know that nothing has ever happened like this in the history of the church. Commanding from Brazil, blind eyes open creeper in creeper walking in the and all this kind of thing. Commanding from Kenya, a senator in, uh, in Finland gets up and walks away. In Brazil, a, a hand that was shriveled is stretched. Even in this ministry, there are people that see all this and then end up where? Backsliding, saying, no, I want to fall away and do my own thing. Look for another church and submit myself there as a sheep. The Lord is saying that what Lord's wife did, walking with God, being held by hands and taken out of the gate, is equivalent to what Judas Iscariot did walking with Jesus very close like that even keeping the finances and then at the end very far from Jesus and lost soul how do you walk with the cloud of God and then become a lost soul the cloud has not come has not come since the old testament the rain just take anything should be able to touch you, transform you and push you into the kingdom of God. Even just the creepers. Even just the visitation is in, in Rio de Janeiro. 14 blind people come to the meeting. 14 blind people healed. 100%. Even just that alone. Even just that alone. When you see should stun you And cause you to take your salvation more seriously Your holiness more seriously Your righteousness more seriously About the kingdom of God more seriously And then reshape your salvation I'm talking about as a person There are many people Right now in this ministry Walking like this But probably they have looked back They have looked back And it's more dangerous that way Because you think you're moving as a group No Not at all. That's why I'm saying you need to examine yourself as a person alone in your bedroom alone. Leave your wife alone. Leave your children alone. And ask yourself, am I walking right with the Lord? Even as a pastor, am I faithful to the Lord? Because matters of eternity are not a joke. And so, the Lord is simply saying that Judas Iscariot walked very close with Jesus. Jesus close but then at the end lost his soul in eternal lake of fire why for how much 30 pieces of silver my lord money material wealth of this earth then looking back do you understand and that's why I want us on this journey step by step to walk you into self interrogation into self audit. Because this thing of group, group church, we need some time to make, to stop it a bit. People examine individual because you'll stand alone. Group, group, oh, our ministry, our prophet. Oh, no, not at all, not our prophet. Look, the nations are here. They also need to hear this glorious announcement. And so there is no room, you will not appear before the Lord as a group. Not at all. There are people in this ministry now walking and they have looked back. Today is the moment of awakening. I'm talking about a personal audit for you to enter. Forget about your children or your friends or your WhatsApp group or whatever. Examine yourself. Ask yourself, am I really walking right with God? So can we start step by step and see what the Lord implied the message he transmitted when he said in Luke 17 32 remember Lord's wife the book of Revelation chapter 3 we are reading together verses 15 and 20 what does he say he says the following verse 15 he says I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot do you now understand that Lord's wife sat there had the message from heaven directly transmitted to her by the messengers of Yahweh. The glorious messengers were too glorious when they appeared before Abraham. And Lord, to begin with, when Abraham was busy building altars for the Lord, Lord was busy in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was busy living in Sodom and Gomorrah and battling issues there. While Abraham was busy having a conversation, a rich conversation with the Lord. Are we together? And then he says here very clearly that Lord's wife, her name is not given, is the symbolism, the representation of the lukewarm church that you see today. They are neither hot, No call. Be very careful if you are a pastor or a bishop and you are not calling the radio. The director of Jesus Lord Radio is sitting right here now. Be very careful if you are in this ministry and you know very well that this radio is the mouthpiece of God. Is the portal of God, the channel of God that God is using to speak the prophecy on Israel, prophecy on Ukraine, coronavirus, announcing the coming of the Messiah, raising cripples from there, 87 stadiums and what have you. That you know that this radio is the open portal of God talking to the nations, preparing the nations for the coming of the Messiah. Be very careful... When you are that type of person that's not bothered to even attempt to call the portal of God where heaven is open. Are we now talking together? Then you have a problem. We are talking about lukewarm Christianity. At least you can say, I tried, I didn't make it, it was too busy, but I did what? I tried. You could see my desire. I wanted God to know that I have called in that portal. I long to call in that portal because that portal has changed the earth. I just wanted my voice to appear there one day as a signature. I don't know. I don't know too much. I don't know what it could do to me. Do for me my eternity. But I just wanted to be heard there. If that is where God's voice is speaking. Be careful with lukewarm Christianity. You can tell that Lord's wife not believe the angels she was lukewarm she did not believe the angels and they said all these palatial homes they were going to destroy them all she could not believe the angels you can tell that love's wife because of that kind of disbelief and lukewarmness her heart was in the world her heart was in the world. You can tell that. And so that's why he says, he wants here, that I know your deeds, not your faith, your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I prefer a Christian, who, some, I mean somebody who is not born again, and then the gospel comes, strike their heart, they become born again, and they are on fire. I prefer that one. And they are on fire, and they enter heaven. That somebody that receives the Lord becomes lukewarm and becomes drug resistant. So the gospel is not able to have enough efficacy to transform them. So they are resistant to the gospel such that it cannot deliver them. And then they enter the lake of fire. That is terrible. Be very careful if you are in this ministry and you are not trying to call the radio where the fire of God is glowing and bubujika, whatever the name is. Hallelujah. Where the flames have gone a blast. Right? That's why I say this message is to you, the individual Christian. It's not about the group anymore, the ministry of repentance anymore, or which church, or WhatsApp group, Apana, This is you, the Christian, yourself. You must now sit down and do a personal audit. What are the things that are pulling you back to the world? When God has opened eternity in front of you like this into the kingdom of glory. And how can you clean them up? And then he says, again, I know you are deep that you are neither cold nor warm. I wish you were either one or the other. In red, the words of Jesus. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Do you know what it means for God to spit you out? That means the lake of fire. Even a child can fill in the blanks. Many Christians today are walking with Christ as lukewarm Christians. That is the warning that Jesus raised. Because Lord's family represented the elegido in Spanish. The election of God. The elect of God. Those delivered by the Lord. But it's amazing that within those that are delivered, the few delivered, some of them were fake Christians. Were fake believers. And ended up in the lake of fire. Ended up in the lake of fire. This is the incredible blessing, amazing. My daughter Lynette, Bishop Lynette, it is shocking that they feel that the Lord that the, the symbolism of the, 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 the saved, those who have been saved and removed out of fire to the out of the gate. That inside there there are those that were faking. It represents those that are posted. They are here for a purpose. They have only come because maybe when they are pastoring, they feel better. They're able to earn a living. They're able to get a few pocket change and move life better now because there is an income coming every Sunday, whatever. God is saying, be very careful. Examine thyself. Examine yourself very carefully. Because He says, remember, Lord's wife removed by hand out of the gate, but ended up in the lake of fire. What he goes on to say here, he says, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. I give you counsel. He's saying that the things of the world, the same things of the world that caused Lot's wife to look back and be struck at the same things of the world that are going to cause the present day Christians to fail to enter the kingdom of God. The enticements of the things of the world, the goods, goods of the world, the goods. These days you start with a child, uh, a little child, uh, uh, just a little child, my son, uh, Deputy Bishop Eric. When they are born, Already they have so many toys. Too many. Any toy he wants. And they have been given so many goods already. Goods. They they own so many toys. You visit that home. The child goes and brings one toy to you. To show you. And goes back to the room and get another. Say, these are so many toys. One child. We live in a generation of providence and they think that by buying their children everything and anything they need, they think that is loving the child. But you don't know that you are entrenching a culture of loving the goods, the goods of this world. If they don't get money, they become corrupt. They will steal some to buy goods, those goods. Then when they grow up, they are the ones that become the populace. They become the populace. They grow up and continue gathering goods. Are we talking together? Let it go ablaze that people may enter heaven. He's saying the culture of acquisition of land, acquisition of what? Acquisition of goods of this world has been entrenched in this generation of providence. It's a generation where, when they get up, when they grow up, they are taught to go to school, when they finish school, get a job, get a profession, then marry, buy land, buy, build a home, put some stock in the market. It's a generation of providence and accumulation of goods. And he's saying that it is the acquisition, the possessions of the world, possessions, that made Lot's wife look back, And miss entry into the kingdom of God. And he's saying that the same thing to the church. Remember Lord's wife. These possessions of the world, the wealth of the world, the things of the world, is what is going to cause the present day church to fail to enter the kingdom of God. He's listing it here. You say I'm wealthy. You say I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. He's talking about the acquisition of possessions. They pride themselves these days in the stock markets. How their stocks are doing well. In Kenya, I think they buy land. The the value appreciates because the population, of course, is going to grow. And the land is is finite. The land never expands. So you can be sure the value of the land will go up. So they buy land. Even church leaders just buy land for expectationary value expecting the value to go up and so forth but he's saying that it is those goods and possessions that stop Mrs. Loth from seeing the glorious kingdom of God and losing our soul eternally in the eternal lake of fire